Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I'm not just glory. I am so happy this morning. I got up and the Lord was there. And I just feel a feeling in this church this morning that it's a peaceful, happy feeling. You know, I mean, it, it's hard to explain what it is, how, how it feels. But you know, there's some people out there that don't know this feeling. Amen. I really, I feel sorry for them. Studying on this lesson this morning, it's something that we've heard preachers and Christians say for many, many years, you know, God is no respect to person. Well, hopefully with the Lord's help, I'm going to prove that he is no respect to person. What he'll do for me, he'll do for you. Amen. And what he'll do for you, he'll do for me. Amen. I just hope and pray that the Lord will help me to get out, get my point out. Bless you. And help you all to understand what I'm trying to get across. Brother Tim, would you lead us in prayer? Oh, our time and gracious, Lord. Yes, yeah, sir. Father. God, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, for the privilege of being in our house today. God, I thank you for the privilege you've got to feel what I feel this morning. Lord, I thank you for your movement, for your protection, Lord, for your blessings. Lord, I thank you for each and everything. Lord, I thank you for the words that we are about to receive. I pray, God, that you will bless my brother. Lord, that you will just touch his mind and his lips, dear God, and just speak through him the words that you would have us to understand, dear God, and to know. And Lord, touch our hearts and our minds and our ears, dear God, that we may take them, dear God, and use them for your glory. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. All right. It's quite lengthy this morning, so. If I get to going through it a little bit too quick, if you got a pencil and piece of paper, you might want to jot them down, jot the things down because I'm I'm really wanting to get through this. But in Acts 10:34 said, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So there's, you know, there's Peter telling us that he's no respected person. Yes. Then we go to Romans 2 and 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Then in Deuteronomy, for the Lord our God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty, and a terrible which regardeth not person, nor taketh reward. De 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 Deuteronomy 10, 17. Then 2 Chronicles uh, 19 and 7. Therefore now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of person, nor taking of gifts. So, here it's telling us that he has no 
respect of person. Listen. And you can't, you can't buy them off. Amen. Putting it in, as Dad would say, layman's terms, Amen. no taking of gifts. In other words, you can't, you can't give him something so that he'll do more for you than he does for this person over here. Then in Job 34, 19, how much less to him that except not the person of princes, nor regardeth the riches more than the poor, for they all are work of his hands. And that was Job 34, 19. I just got a few more scriptures here, and then I'll get into And then Ephesians 6 and 9, chapter 6, verse 9. And yea, masters, masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that their masters also in heaven, nor is their respect of persons with him. And then First uh, Peter 1 and 17. And if ye call on, on the Father, who without respect of person judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here. So there's some scriptures that is shows us that God has no respect of person. Right. Now I'm gonna give you some examples. Luke 17, 11. We'll start with verse 11, and we'll probably go down to verse 19. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Let, let, let's stop right there. Okay, lepers. If you was a leper, you you could not be in the village. Uh, you was an outcast, and you had to go to a priest, and the priest had to pronounce you clean. So keep that in mind with as we go down. And in 13 it says, And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Oh, sorry. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that they went. There, there, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet and gave him thanks. And he was as a Samaritan. 
Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. So for him to heal this man and for this man to come back and thank God and glorify him because he was clean, cleansed, that, that was a big deal. But it also goes to show you that even though the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along, he didn't show him any more respect than anybody else. Does anybody have anything? I mean, this is this is Sunday school. Anybody got any suggestion, any comments, any questions? I'm gonna go once. You know, it's it's like the saved and the lost. You know, it brings on to me that's kind of in the same category as this. He has no special person. He'll bless the lost as much as he will the saved. I could be wrong. I mean, that's the way I take it. Well, you know, you can look back over your, uh, well, I can anyway. I can look back over my life, especially when I was out the sin and things I've done. And everything. There had to be somebody looking out for me. I, I was an idiot. And, and by right, I should be dead right now. But the fact is that Jesus, even though I was out in sin and I was dead set against him and doing everything I could against him, he still loved me and he still protected me just as if I was one of his own. So yeah, it doesn't matter who, you know, I always said, and you know, I don't care what other people says, but when Jesus walked upon this earth, there was only two types of people, three types of people in this world. Those that were lost, those that were saved, and those that were religious. And he comes seeking those which were lost and teaching the others a better way to go. To go. Yeah, I, I can testify to the what Brother Ted said. When I was young, I was I was quite a wild child. And there, there were many times that I woke up the next morning and I'd have to look out my bedroom window to see if my truck was out there and see if it was in one piece. Because I didn't remember how I got home. And God, God looks, He takes care of his people, but he's, he also, he, man, I can't say that. Uh, he looks over after the saved and the unsaved. But there is a point in time after you run from God for so long a time, God will say, I'm done. And, you know, it's like Christians. If you're called to do something, 
He'll keep calling you for a certain amount of time. But after so long a time, he'll say, all right, you won't do it? No problem. I'll give it to someone who can. He'll take, take uh, for instance, he gave you a, a talent of playing the guitar. But you won't play it in church and you don't, you just every now and then you'll just pick it up and play it. After a while, the Lord says, boy, if you're not going to use that talent, I'm going to take it from you and I'm going to give it to someone that will use it. And so see, I mean, he's the same to the sinners as he is to the saved. Uh, to a certain extent. Am I right, Pastor Joe? <laughs> but um, verse 17 it said, and Jesus answered and Jesus answered saying were there not ten? But where are the nine? Well, they they was clean. They was made whole. But they still had to go to the priest. This one that come back, he was cleansed. That gets into divine healing. And this could be a sort of a touchy subject, but you get healed from something and you still have like, like I've got scars from where I've been cut, from where I've been burnt, from welding, but they healed up. Now, the body healing is if it healed up and there was no sign whatsoever. My dad, when he first started out pre preaching, he preached in a um, Free Will Baptist church. And Free Will Baptist did not believe in divine healing. Well, he had bleeding ulcers. And he said one one night, one morning, he was getting ready to go to work. And he said he always got in his truck and said he was lunchbox in the seat. He said that this morning said he was hurting so bad that he had to put his arm in his stomach and lean up against the steering wheel to get some relief. And he said he just reached over and put his lunchbox in the floor and he said he felt somebody sat down beside of him. And he said, they were the voice in real of the mind right now. Asked him, said, do you not believe in divine healing? He said, well, yes. He said, well, then, what's wrong? And the doctor told him, he said, 
Bleeding altars is something you don't get rid of. You have them for the rest of your life. He said when he talked, when when the Lord sat down after he got done talking, he said the pain left him. And even the next morning when he got off from work, he went to the doctor there in Irwin, because there's only one. And Dr. Tatum said, Peanut said, he said, I know what the x-ray is going. He said, just do it again. He said, okay. They done the x-rays again. There was no sign whatsoever of him having bleeding up. The doctor said, well, that must have been something wrong with the film or, or I must have read him wrong. He said, no, he said, the Lord healed him. The Lord took them away from him. So, I don't know how I got off on that. It's totally, Lord, the way the Lord led me. You know, he, he was talking about those ten lepers. And Jesus asked, we're learning about being cleansed. Right. They got cleansed. But he told that one and came back and thanked him and bowed down and worshipped him. He said, be thou made whole. The nine got, they got cleansed of the lepers, but the one got cleansing Okay, in uh, Matthew 8, 1 and 4. When he came down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, there come a leper worshiping him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can, canst make me heal, make me clean. Some people would look at that and say, well, you know, his faith isn't very strong. It says, if thou wilt. Yeah, but if you look, it says, thou canst. Thou can make me heal. In other words, if it's your will, I know you can make me heal. He knew God could do it. He just didn't. It's like a lot of us today. We know God can heal us, but we don't know. We wonder if it's God's will to heal us. Well, some people believe that, you know, God will let, allow you to go through stuff and, you know, But there's some people that they go through things unnecessarily. 
just because they don't have the faith. And, but, in verse 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be there clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So, right now we talked about the ten lepers. Talked about this other leper. Let's go down to Matthew 9, 20 and 22. I love this, this story. Matthew 9, 20 and 22. Is anybody getting out of anything out of this this morning? that for a <laughs> And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for twelve years came before him and touched his touched the hem of his garment. So We know that God will heal leprosy, which is one of the worst diseases you could have back then. Nobody wanted to touch you. You had to wear special clothes to let people, when they was coming upon you, they knew you had leprosy. And it said it even touched them. He even touched them. So, trust me, I'm going somewhere with it. Just, just hang with me. For she said within herself, if I could only but touch the garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good cheer, be of good comfort, thy faith, and may thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Then we go to Mark 7. Sodom, 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 
He come unto the sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coast of the Decapolis. And they brought unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseeched him to put his hands upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and he put his fingers into his ears. He spit and touched his tongue, and looked up to heaven. He sighed, saith, said unto him, Ephesus, that is being opened. Little, little uh, piece of information here. Anytime you see a word, then it's, and afterwards it says, being interpreted or like this, it says, that is being, that is a Aramaic word. See, well, we'll not get into that, but Then we go to Mark 10. I can sort of relate to 
this. But a many charged him that he should hold his peace. Well, you know, I've been in places and preached, and I've been, you know, I've, I've taught Sunday school several times. And even though the words wasn't said, you can feel like they're saying, hush. And that you're not, they're not listening to you. But he cried out the more a great deal. You can't stop. No matter if you're witnessing to someone or if you're, if you sing, you're up somewhere singing, you can't stop. You got to push on. And you've got to cry out even more. Because there's someone that needs to hear it. And if you say, well, I don't even know why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm up here talking to the wall. I might well just go sit down and let it go. Well, that one person that needed to hear this could walk out those doors and not receive what God has for them. Amen. It's not easy standing up here preaching or teaching. Sometimes it feels like the words is getting crammed back in your mouth. But I found out when it's hard to preach or to teach, that's when you're reaching somebody because Satan don't want them to hear what you're saying because he knows it's going to help them. And I don't care if this church was full if I could say something to help one person, it's worth all the fight that I've had to fight up here. And I would do it all over again. And it says, but he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Sometimes we just got to cry out when we get to that point, saying, have mercy on me. Bless Help me. And, and Jesus stood still. Now, this got his attention. He stood still. 
and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he had called thee. Mm -mm. <laughs> and he cast away his garments, rose, and come to Jesus. We've got to cast off our garments of stress, of uh, nervousness, of whatever is coming against us. We've got to shed that off of us. We've got to rise up and we've got to go to Jesus. Amen. And Jesus said unto him, What will, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. You know, he could have asked for a lot of things, but all he asked for was his sight. And then in 52, it said, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, by faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Okay. Now, we, we've talked about Lepers. We talked about a woman having an issue of blood. We talked about a blind man. That's just common folk. Okay, the Lord will help the common folk. So let's go to Matthew 8 and 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And he said, Lord, my servant lie at home sick of the palsy. Grievous, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. 
And I say unto another cometh, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. This guy knew he was a centurion soldier. He knew that all God had, all Jesus had to do was speak a word and his servant would be healed. Amen. I mean, it takes a lot of faith to believe that he could come into your house and leave his hands on someone and maybe healed. But to have enough faith to say, well, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word. Man, that takes a lot of faith. And Let's uh, go down to John four forty six. So Jesus came again as we came of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea in Galilee, he went into him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Then, Jesus, then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, will ye not believe? The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my son die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, Thy son liveth, and the man believed the words of Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he went, and as he was now gone down, his servant met him and told him, saying, and liveth. He inquired 
Then inquiring he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. Hmm. About the time that Jesus told him that he was healed. And I've got one more. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, come to him and said unto him, Thou saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech you, O Lord, remember how now how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the words of the Lord come to him, saying, Turn again. And tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thou sayest the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayers, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day, and thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thee, Fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hands of the king Assyria, of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. I hear it. He was a man that the Lord told him he was going to die, but he prayed and asked the Lord, prayed, seeking the Lord. And because of his diligent, his diligence, the Lord says, go back and tell him. I'm going to heal him. Plus, I'm going to add 15 more years to him. So, whatever the Lord will do to you, he will also do for me. Thank y'all for listening. I hope that y'all got something out of it. God bless you.
Amen. Amen. Amen.